Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is June 26th, and yes, we're going to talk about baseball, and this is the real one for today. Again, I apologize about yesterday not having that podcast. I put out that one um, just about 30 minutes ago, and I I figured a lot of you are still just going to review the games from Saturday um, because it's really helpful, I think, to go through all of those games and be like, cool, this is where we are with all these pitchers. And I'm going to now do Sunday's games and, of course, Monday and Tuesday streamers. So here we go. Zach Wheeler, 5.1 innings, 5 earned runs, 9 hits, 2 walks, and 8 strikeouts. He got 20 whips. I watched all of this, and it was painful because Zach Wheeler is still so good, and he threw these dumb cutters that just got, uh, that messed him up. That messed him up, and... I. I, I, I very much believe in Zach Wheeler. He has the second highest PLV of any starting pitcher in the majors. His four-seamer is excellent. His sinker is excellent. Even his slider is generally better. And I'm calling his slider a cutter. There's also a sweeper in there. Uh, they, uh, Savant is starting to do cutter and sweeper separate. I'm just going to say slider and curveball. That's just me. But I... It's actually I'm gonna say sorry. Sorry, they say it's a slider. It's a cutter to me. I'm saying cutter and sweeper. We got this. They want to say slider and sweeper. That cutter is at like 93. He tries to get inside the lefties. He left it down and uh, a little bit more over the plate than he wants to. Against them, I think the four seamer is just good enough, and he should just be doing that instead. Um, but I really do think that Wheeler is amazing. Uh, I watch him pitch, and it's just this is a guy who there's a difference between those who are trying to make it work and those that make them they get their mistake punished right sometimes the guys are trying to make it work and they just don't get punished on their, any of their mistakes wheeler is someone who just oh, oh my gosh is this mistake got punished i actually looked up yesterday because i was so curious because he allowed these hits on two strikes how often zach wheeler allows hits in 0-2 counts and one two counts rel- relative to other batters and it's actually the third lowest in the majors with anyone that has done this 10 times so yeah that's not typical whatsoever. Buying low on Zach Wheeler, I'm a big, big fan, fan of this. Okay. Yuri Perez went against the Pirates, and I know a lot of people want you to sell right now because he's doing so well, but we know that there is an inevitable downturn coming. The good news, though, for your head-to-head leagues or whatever you want is it's likely going to be this three-week pocket. That's my guess in July, where they're going to do it around the All-Star break, and that means that you're going to probably see maybe one start in July, and that's it. And then you're going to see him probably back for August and September, especially considering the Marlins are like flirting with the playoffs right now. So 41% CSW yesterday against the Pirates. His, uh, his slider was just so good, and we're going to watch it on YouTube. You really need to watch this video. Um, 36 thrown for 56 CSW compared with his four-seamer. The change in curve are not there, um, but we will see. Uh, I imagine those get better moving forward. Um, and I'm so sad that Yuri Perez is... Going to not throw more than 130 innings this year. Um, Matthew Libertor against the Cubs, 2.1 innings because he stepped in for Jack Flaherty, who was scratched, and Matthew Libertor isn't doing anything special. Yusei Kikuchi against the Athletics did really well because he's doing exactly what we wanted him to do, sliders and curves in the zone. 
And then he uses his fastball supplementary under 40% of the time. That's exactly right. And he dominated the athletics. You keep starting him against the Red Sox. Ryan Nelson went against the the Giants. PL Bob was like, go and do it. I was like, absolutely not. And what does he do? Seven innings, one run, three hits, two walks, six Ks. How did Ryan Nelson do this? He finally had a secondary pitch. It was his changeup. Won 40% CSW and seven whiffs after returning a 17.5% mark through the entire season thus far. Yeah, I don't really buy that. He did get four out of nine whiffs on the side. It was just nine of them thrown. And yeah, this is weird. Ryan Nelson, I don't think that all of a sudden has an amazing changeup. But maybe he does. It was a lefty-heavy lineup, so he did go to the changeups more and they worked out. You know, sometimes you see guys with changeups instead of... Generally, guys have like a changeup, curveball, and slider. And then when they face lefties, that's like when they whip out the changeup. And sometimes that has good nights. I feel like that's what it was here against the Giants for Ryan Nelson. Do not buy into this. He still has work to do. Johan Aviedo against the Marlins, seven innings, one run, six hits, zero walks, and six Ks. Oh, there you go. If you streamed Aviedo, you came out on top as he's done really what he's supposed to do. His sliders and curveballs uh, in the zone. Curveballs, yes. Join the party for 11 out of 14 strikes in the zone. You like that. And the fastballs were fine. That's all we need. Now he gets the Brewers, and we go again. Hunter Brown against the Dodgers. Look at this. Six innings, one run, three hits, two walks, and seven Ks. And this is strange. Because he got 16 called strikes in the four-seamer. And you say, Nick, that's not strange. You've been comparing him to Zach Gallon because he gets these low four-seamers. And guys take those. Yes. But these weren't low four-seamers. <laughs> these were high four-seamers taking for strikes. And I don't know if that's something that you normally see. He only got four whiffs on that four-seam. Four out of 57. Uh, it's strange. I don't I don't know if that's really the way to go uh, for Hunter Brown. The... The slider and curve still need some refinement. The splitter got a punch out, which is kind of cool. Um, but it's it's strange. Hunter Brown, I think, has a really good skill set. And there is, I think, a sustainable approach in here. I don't know if this is the one. So I uh, we'll see. We're going to just keep starting Hunter Brown. Who cares what I think? But this was just from a, like, a scientific standpoint. I was like, hmm... Is that good? <laughs> uh, Daniel Lynch against the Rays. Six innings, one earned run, six hits, one walk, and two Ks. It's a birthday party. Got the gold star because it was the Rays. Four-seamer change is a thing for Daniel Lynch now. Is that really something we want to buy into? I don't think so. I don't really think it's either one are exceptional. Tyler Glasnow on the other side of this earned 26 whiffs for a Gallows Bowl. 12 Ks, one walk, four hits, one earned run, but five innings and 89 pitches. And you think to yourself, wait a second, how do you need so many pitches when you get 27, 26 whiffs. Because his curveball was thrown 14 times for just 5 strikes. That's like, that's 11 wasted pitches on your curveball. Or sorry, 9 of them. Like, you can't do that. You can't, oh man, you can't do that. He also allowed 4 hits on just 6 balls in play. Not even 7, he got a double play. Or was it a double play or a, um, or a, a out on the base pass. But like, that's insane. It's a six six six, yeah, six six six. I uh, a babip here. Okay, uh, Tyler Glasnow, you are Tyler Glasnow. Mackenzie Gore against the Padres, five innings, one earned run, five hits, two walks, nine Ks, and I think he got squeezed a little bit. I was watching some of this. Um, it's interesting. His fastball is really good. If you listen to the Alex Fast Show, which you should be, uh, he talked about Mackenzie Gore saying like, look, Mackenzie Gore's fastball has like one of the highest potentials of any fastball as long as he elevates the thing he just doesn't really do it that often and he did a decent amount here but we still saw it kind of all over the place and I I don't know um I I don't know what to believe here because the breakers 
had a 42% strike rate. Both of them. This is across 33 pitchers for the slider and the curveball. So, it's strange. I don't know if I believe in the four-seamer command so that it can really be its best self. And the sliders and curveballs are clearly not locked in. So that makes him a cherry bomb to me. He gets the Phillies next. And I think he's a strikeout play at the moment. Good luck. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot more um, about like Kyle Bradish, George Kirby, Nathan Evaldi. Lots of interesting guys went. And we're going to talk about all those after this break. Are you ready to step up to the plate and show off your fantasy baseball skills? Check out Underdog's Fantasy 7th Inning Stretch Tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description and use promo code PITCHERLIST to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the 7th Inning Stretch Tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck, and may the best team win. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Tanner Banks against the Red Sox, 2.2 innings. Yeah, okay. Don't care. Uh, that was a bullpen game for the White Sox, with Schulten's also there. Who cares? Cal Bradish against the Mariners went seven innings of seven Ks, two earned runs, two hits, two walks. And should I just ignore everything that I think about Cal Bradish and just like start him against the Twins? I don't know. I feel like it's a bit of a trap. I don't think the four seamer called strikes are really the thing for him. I uh, two have 29 whiffs, of course, because it gets cut action. The slider was good. The the curve wasn't. And what got me hyped a little bit about Brad- Bradish was like having a really good curve insider. And if he really goes the Cleveland Guardians approach, then this could work. But without that curve being good, like it feels like this was just weirdness from the Mariners. Uh, George Kirby was on the other side. 6.1 innings, 200 runs, 6 hits, 1 walk, and 4 Ks. The slider went 11 for 26 called strikes, which is so good. And he was up a tick at 97 miles per hour with the heater. So you can't really ask for more. Sure, you want more whiffs on the, on the fastball, I guess. But good stuff, Kirby. He walked better. I know, kind of wild. Anthony Descafani against the Diamondbacks, six innings, two earned runs, five hits, zero walks, and three Ks. This was all his slider just like chucking it into the zone and hoping for the best, and it worked out for him. I really don't think that you want to be chasing Descafani. It is so dangerous. Anthony Evaldi, speaking of dangerous, went against the Yankees, 5.2 innings, two earned runs, four hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. The velocity is still down 90, 94.4 as opposed to 93.8, but that's not 96. We need to see 96. And I imagine the Rangers are going to give him some time off. They have to. They, they can't just keep pushing him out here. So I'm glad the splitter and the curve were able to make up for the 16% CSW four-seamer, right? Did not do well. What do you know? Um, and we've seen him do decently well. Even last year, like, Uvalde wasn't the most atrocious pitcher. No, he actually survived in the second half despite the lower velocity. It's just we know it can't really last uh, if he is down here. Austin Gomber against the Angels, five innings, two earned runs, five hits, one walk, and three strikeouts. Yeah, we don't want to go with Gomber. Uh, Michael Lorenzen against Loren, uh, sorry, against Lorenzen against the Twins, five innings, two earned runs, seven hits, one walk, and four Ks. This was a Toby start, and Toby and the Twins are kind of good, so I was kind of hesitant about it. Lots of sliders, same kind of thing as the Scafani, just chuck those sliders in and hope for the best. Glad it worked out for him, I guess, decently, but yeah, I don't really want to do it. Carlos Carrasco against the Phillies, four innings, two earned runs, five hits, two walks, five Ks. And Twitch was asking, like, hey, 
are the Mets going to keep going with Carrasco? It's like, who else do they have? Uh, the slider was actually really good. 7 for 19 whiffs, 42% CSW. And the changeup was horrific at 6% CSW and 2 over 32 whiffs. That was the only, he didn't get a single called strike. So if he's able to get both working, then maybe things can be good. But he hasn't been able to do that. And it's just annoying. Um, Tyler Anderson against the Rockies in course. He had nine strikeouts and had an amazing changeup at 12 or 35 whiffs. So you might want to consider that as a stream moving forward. Um, I don't really know if you want to against the Diamondbacks, but if he has that amazing changeup, 23 whiffs in this one, maybe uh, maybe that works. Bailey Ober against the Tigers did what he's supposed to do. I'm sure, it was three and runs in six innings, but six base runners, eight Ks, as he did exactly all the stuff that you like. Uh, Luis Medina against the Jays almost made it to poor quality start. It was five innings, three hundred runs, but he walked seven batters. Insane. Yeah, Medina is a desperate quality start play. That's it. Charlie Morton against the Reds, five innings, three hundred runs, seven hits, three walks, and seven strikeouts. Got the win, but it's so frustrating. Every time, sure, Cincinnati is super hot, and it was in Cincinnati, but man, it's just uh, it's just pain seeing these ratios from, from Charlie Morton, and you just don't know what to do because you're in purgatory. Uh, Seth Lugo against the Nationals was a stream option, and he did not come through. Five innings, three earned runs, seven hits, zero walks, four Ks. It was so close. It was the sixth inning. He left, he, after five, he had one earned run, and they allowed two more. The first two base runners came on, and that was it. So... The curveball wasn't as good. It was only three called strikes and 20 in the zone, which typically is a called strike pitch in the zone, and then you want to get the whiffs out, and it wasn't really that. But, you know, he's a Toby, and he gets the Reds next. I don't want to do that, but, you know, we we move forward with him after that. Garrett Cole against the Rangers did not do well early in this game. 300 runs in 4.2 innings, 9 hits, 1 walk, 7 Ks. He got singled out a good amount, and he had 21 whiffs. Slider. 10 over 32 whiffs, 41% CSW. That pitch is back. His four-seamer is great. This is an upward trend for Garrett Cole. I feel very encouraged seeing two straight starts with good sliders. Trust the process. Marcus Stroman against the Cardinals did not do well. It's just one of those days where uh, he did to go low sinkers and some got plastered and Goldschmidt hit a really good uh, breaking ball and that's that. Uh, Levi Stout uh, was stepped in because Raggedy Ann, that is Ben Lively, was on the IL. And man, if the Reds had like a good pitching staff, oh man. Uh, Carter Crawford against the White Sox didn't quite come through, but it wasn't so bad. Six innings, four and runs, five hits, one walk, four Ks. It was just really the four and runs. He allowed uh, two home runs to Luis Robert, and that was it. Um, a horrible cutter. <laughs> That's ironic. And actually a decent hit, a heater that allowed it. But yeah, this was also hung splitters. And like Crawford's four-seamer is really everything. I uh, That did well still. It's just about that slider coming around. We did some more of that, more of them. They did okay, but I think there's still work to be done here with Cunning Crawford. That is, he does get the Jays and the Athletics. So if he does well against the Jays, I'm very much in for him against Oakland, and probably regardless of the Jays game, I'm in for him against Oakland. Three more here. We have Aaron Savale against the Brewers and did not do well here as a Toby four and runs, six hits, two walks, and five Ks across six innings. Not great, but I think you still start him against the Cubs and the Royals next. Uh, Tony Gonsolin didn't do well against the Astros, and yeah, he's just not that good. I think he's kind of like a Toby. Um, five innings, four and runs, five hits, one walk, three Ks. Uh, you know, the splitter wasn't very good. Um, he favored breakers and heaters, which honestly are really not that great. Uh, but I think you can keep starting him against weak opponents. He just gets cores next, and that's something I don't really want to do. Just think of him as a Toby, and you'll be happier. And Corbin Burns did not do well against the Guardians. 5.2 innings, four and runs, eight hits, two walks, three Ks. So, I know he's still doing well enough. I mean, it's a 4.10 ERA, and we think it should be better. The cutter is still a very, very good pitch. 
it's not as overwhelming as it used to be. Um, and I do think the secondaries of this changeup and curve should be getting more swing strikes than they are. And they just haven't this year. History did not start at the beginning of this year. Chris Towers said that about Luis Castillo once and it stuck with me. And I, uh, he doesn't deserve the ace is going to ace label. Fine. He's going back and forth. But I think over time, Corbin Burns is going to have a Corbin Burns stretch and you'll be like, oh man, Corbin Burns is great. But hey, maybe, you know, maybe PLV was right in the offseason. They really didn't like PLV and they kept pushing for a 24% strikeout rate for uh, Burns and his projection. And we kind of used that as a calibration of like, we can't really put that out because everyone would arrive with pitchforks. Um, so maybe that was right. And maybe I, maybe Corbin Burns just kind of is this kind of pitcher now. So he's going to be lower in the rankings today, and uh, I hope that he does turn around because, you know, you know, he has this track record of being a lot better than what he has been. All right, looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. We have Spencer Strider, Luis Castillo, Justin Verlander, and Dylan Cease in the auto start tier. I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, Reed Detmers and Sonny Gray. It's not Jaime Berea. It's Reed Detmers. I'm um, going against the White Sox. Uh, that makes sense to me. Really good slider right now. Really good situation. And it's against the White Sox. Sonny Gray is a very questionable one, but it's... If you have Sonny Gray, you're going to start him, even though it's against Atlanta. But good luck. Questionable start tier is Andrew Heaney against the Tigers. Matthew Boyd against Texas. And Trevor Williams against the Mariners. Uh, with Matthew Boyd against the Rangers, uh, it's the stream pick of the day. And I just hope he has his fastball command and can do the Blake Snell blueprint. Oh, man. Uh, Trevor Williams against the Mariners. Maybe that works as he throws low a lot. And do not start tier. It's Cole Irvin, Colin Ray, and Brandon Williamson. Don't start those. Auto start tier for tomorrow. You have Otani, Gosman, Val- Valdez, Gallen, Kershaw, Joe Ryan, you Darvish, all very clear ones. Garrett Whitlock and Tyler Wells are at the bottom of this. Whitlock against the Marlins. I think that's, I love him right now. And Tyler Wells is just too good, even though it's against the Reds. It is in Baltimore, not Cincinnati. Probable start tier, you have Sandy Alcantara against Boston. I know it's probable start, but like, you're going to start him anyway. But I know it's a five plus ERA. I get you're worried. If you want to bench him, it's okay. I'm going to obviously start him against the Red Sox. Uh, Bryce Elder against the Twins, you're, he's, to just do that. Um, Taj Bradley against the Diamondbacks. I think he's in a good enough place to do that with a good curveball last time. Brian Woo's our stream pick of the day against the Nationals. Really good fastball. Andrew Rabbit might be a little bit of a tra- trap play, but it is Baltimore. And I, uh, you know why he's just been too good? I think you're going to do it. Ranger Suarez is a really good play against the Cubs. He's been in such a good rhythm. Martin Perez is a Toby against the Tigers. Johnny Brito, Toby against the Athletics. Gavin Williams could be a lot better this time against the Royals. So I want to excuse his command in the first one and start him here. Uh, Michael Kopech gets the Angels, and I'm just hoping the fastball is better than it was against the Rangers. Questionable start tier, Tehran, do whatever you want against the Mets. Brady Singer's a cherry bomb against the Guardians. Jake Irvin actually was up two ticks last start, and now against the Mariners, it'd be a very, very sneaky stream. Paul Blackard also a sneaky stream against the Yankees because he's a kitchen sink guy, and the Yankees aren't very good right now. And Jordan Montgomery gets the Astros. Maybe that works out. Do not start Rich Hill against the Padres. Peterson against the David Peterson against the Brewers. Jameson Tyno against the Phillies. Alex Wood against the Jays. Matt Manny might be coming back against the Rangers. And Connor Seabold against the Dodgers. All right. That is it for today. Thank you all so much for your support. Uh, but that is it. So make sure you watch the live stream today of The List. I'll start around probably 2.30 because I'm falling behind today. Um, so go check that out. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your bounce be low and your strikeouts high.